0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We want to encourage you to visit mbcocala.com if you have a story to share about how God is working in your life or if you'd like to support this ministry financially. Today, we're hearing a message from our series entitled, Temptation. Everywhere we go and everywhere we look, there are things that pull on us. While we can't choose what tempts us, we can choose our behavior. In this series, we will learn how to beat temptation. Help me welcome our internet audience, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, uh, we're continuing on a series called uh, Temptation. I was messing with you, but trying to get you to think a little bit as far as um, how many of you have been tempted this last week. I would dare say it's all of us. Come on, come on, get with me here. It's all of us. And... um, we're in a series, and I'm, I'm fully aware of this. I hope that uh, to remind you of this. But whenever we're, we're in a series, we're in a season that we honestly believe God is speaking to us on something. And this is just a, a vital and super important series. So all of us deal with temptation. And I think one of the things we have to realize, I'm trying to give you perspective on this, is when you are tempted, and all of us are, that when you are tempted, that you would realize what is at stake. And so the question, it's almost rhetorical, but what is at stake when we're tempted? And here's, here's the answer, I believe. Eventually, everything. Eventually, everything. This is not, you know, isolated little temptation here. This is not, uh, this is not you know, the enemy throwing a little rock over the fence at you now. and then. This is connected. This is strategic. Um, it is not random, the temptations in your life, nor the brand of temptation that you may have to face. And we all have some common temptations, but we all have some unique ones as well uh, that may be different than others, but still common to man. There's others that will deal with the same kind of things. And so we have to realize it's not random. It is, it is very personalized and strategic. Y'all stay with me on this. It is personalized. It is strategic. It is strategic. And the enemy of your soul, he doesn't want to just throw you off. He wants to deplete you and defeat you and destroy you and reduce you and bring you down to ruin and then add shame on top of it. And he's incredibly patient toward that end. He's incredibly intentional toward that end. And so we would do well, as the Apostle Paul said, to not be ignorant of the devil's devices. Because when we're not ignorant of his devices, then he can't take advantage of us. It's like we've watched the fight films. We know that it's going to try that left hook, and we're, we're going to be ready for it. It's going to help us. And so um, we're going to dive a little deeper in some things today I just believe are super important, that are going to help us to be able to deal with temptation in, in a better way than perhaps we have, uh, than we have previously. I want to throw something out to you that is a trick of the enemy that I want to make you aware of, OK? And this is super dangerous, OK? And here's the trick. Here's the trap. It's, it's letting you get away with it. It's the trick of getting away with it. See what happens. Temptation would come to you. And then if you gave in. Temptation that lead to sin. And you went on ahead and sinned. And then you get away with it. Don't think that's because you're smart. Don't think that's because uh, wow, I was lucky. Uh, sometimes it's. Hear me. Sometimes it's the mercy of God to get caught. But see. If you get away with it, then you think, got away with it. And see, sin has pleasure for a season. There's a fleeting pleasure to it. And there'll be a time again later where you're going to be tempted again. And here's the thing. Well, I got away with it last time. And so then, here's part of the trick. You're being led further into the cage, and you don't even know it. And you're getting away with it again. And then, you know what, eventually starts to happen. Then you stop even resisting the temptation. You just go right to the sin takes it out of the way and before you know it you hear a big clank and that's the that's the the bars closing behind you and the trap being snared and here comes your ruin and here comes your shame and so I would caution you I would caution every one of you well I got away with this I got away with that it's it's a trick y'all it's a trick and the enemy tries it on all of us and um, so run for your lives now we don't have to run all the time and I'll, I'll show you that today hey there's a lot that we need to do and i'm trying to show you those things but we still need help and if we could have if we could overcome temptation sin on our own we'd already be doing it you know but our only hope and i want you to get this our only hope really is help and thankfully we have help that comes from the lord can i get a good amen out of y'all today all right look with me in second Peter chapter two, verse nine, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Will you read that with me? The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Now, I want you to look look in my little beady eyes. They're not beady, but this is not a house of condemnation, okay? All of us, temptation. All of us, temptation to sin, but we got to do better we got to do better because of what the enemy's designs are for you. So I may get into some things today, and you say, well, that's hitting a little close here. Um, I get accused all the time that we have mics and cameras in your home and cars and stuff, and, and, and we don't. You just have to trust the Holy Spirit already knows your business, okay? And so, you know, he, he, will, he will help. So don't be offended. Be encouraged today that God would speak so close to, you know, what you would have through the foolishness of preaching. Amen? All right, well, before we dive deep into some heavy stuff here, I, I heard a little story. His family was getting ready for church on Palm Sunday. And uh, as they're getting ready, mom notices that little five-year-old Craig, he's got a little cough, he's burning a fever. He says he's got a sore throat. And this is Palm Sunday, we really wanted to go. So she thought, I'm gonna call and just see if the babysitter can come. So the babysitter came. And uh, so little Craig stays home from church. The rest of the family goes to church After a while, they come home from church on Palm Sunday and they got palm fronds. And so little Craig goes, what are those for? And so the dad says, "Um, people held these over Jesus' head as he walked by. And little Craig goes, just my luck. The one Sunday I don't go and he shows up. (laughs) Well, in reality... We gather together in His name. He's here with us today. Amen, amen. amen. He's going to help us. Hallelujah. I love that joke more than you did. I tell you. Look with me. In, uh, look with me in Matthew chapter four. We're going to look at when Jesus is tempted. This is in the, in the Gospels and several of them. Uh, it says, "Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil." Every word counts here. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. No duh. Just reading that made me more hungry. (laughs) Now when the tempter, notice that, the tempter, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. And we're not going to read the whole account of this, but of uh, what happened. We will get into that in the weeks to come. But this morning, that's not uh, really our focus I want you to notice that, first of all, Jesus was where he was supposed to be. He was, where, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was where he was supposed to be, and he was tempted, okay? Now, let's, let's transfer this to you a little bit. Listen carefully to this. If you're where you're not supposed to be, count on it, you'll be tempted. If you're not where you're supposed to be, you'll be tempted. And even if you are where you are supposed to be, temptation will probably make its way to you. Now, something that stands out and we're, we're not exempt from is Jesus was hungry. He was hungry. You can go ahead and take that verse too. He was hungry The Greek word means he was famished, he was depleted, he was craving. This is beyond what you and I might would feel now. Hope he hurries, I want to get to lunch, you know, that kind of thing. Um, This is beyond this kind of hunger. This is depleted and famished and craving. Plus, Mark's account says that there were wild beasts around. So not only is he hungry, there's danger around, there's threat there's risk involved. There's concern about these wild beasts. He's hungry. He's deprived of food. He's deprived of comfort. He's by himself. He's deprived of companionship. He basically has none of his basic needs met. He's out there. He's vulnerable. And when he's in this, this uh, state of dep- uh, deprivation, guess who shows up? The tempter. And this happens for you and I too. When we end up depleted, when we're kind of run down in some ways, and we'll look at these this morning, we are more prone, we are more vulnerable for the tempter to come and try to do some things. Because it's when we're in that weakest moment that he will try to affect our weakest areas. We're in need, we're in pain, and get this, and temptation comes and temptation masquerades... As an answer. You know, you're hungry, you're in pain, you're in need, you're whatever. And here's what temptation does. It will show up and it masquerades as, hey, I've got the answer. And tries to come in to be that answer in that moment. And we've got to realize that that is where temptation can be a big problem for us. Most temptation that leads to sin comes from trying to ease a pain, meet a need fill some kind of inadequacy or some kind of emptiness, get this, we try to fill it, we try to fix it apart from God as our source. So here's what happens. When you have a need, when you have a pain, when you have a situation, when you're depleted in some way emotionally, physically, whatever, you know, that's going on, guess what's going to happen? Cravings are going to come. Everybody say cravings. You're going to have cravings. You're going to have cravings like, well, uh, cravings for food. You know, some people do this. They're down about something at work and they'll eat, you know, to, to deal with that. Why? Because that temptation came to them as an answer. And we see that it's not a good end. So cravings come and and they come to cover these feelings of lack and need and pain. So cravings for food, cravings for money, craving for alcohol, craving for sex, craving for sleep, craving for revenge, work, power, escape, on and on and on. And all they try to do is, is come to you and if you'll partake of this, this will cover your pain, this will cover your need, this will cover your emptiness, And a lot of people in time of need and pain, they revert back to what I call a crisis or coping mechanism. I've dealt with people over the years that they're a believer, things they used to do that they're now set free from, they have a setback in their life, and you know what? They step back into that crisis mechanism of anger of alcohol of of whatever it would be they go back to that and that's you know what happened again is in that time of need legitimate need legitimate pain temptation comes masquerades itself as the answer yes. and what we've got to do is be able to sort that out and realize no this is not the answer because it's going to take us to a place that we do not want to go can i get an amen, amen. so The needs are real, the pains are valid, but temptation moves on to sin, get this, when we try to deal with the need, deal with the pain in the wrong way and from the wrong source. And source is a big issue here because if we're dealing with things in the wrong way with the wrong source or we're trying to handle things apart from God as our source, that's when we're going to really end up in a problem. Uh, For example... Let's say that you're running short on money. I promise you, temptation will come to you, okay? There's going to be some kind of something. There'll be some kind of commercial to come on. There's going to be some money left out somewhere. There's going to be some idea that would come to you, how I can manipulate something at work. Somebody's going to share some idea, some scheme, some scam, some something's going to come along and masquerade as your answer. And so then you end up stealing, you end up doing something wrong, you end up something that in the end will reduce you, ruin you, and bring shame to you, okay? Instead of, it's masquerading as the answer and a wrong source, how about we go to our source? And then if we have need, then we can go to God and we can seek God and trust God and ask God what the wisdom is. Instead of just panicking, medicating ourselves some way, stealing, doing something wrong in that way, why don't we go to God? Is he not our heavenly father? Yes. You know, my, my children, I'm, I could not be more proud of my children. They're, you know, most of them are up and out. And, you know, I only have one at home. Greta's home this weekend. I'm glad to have her for the weekend. But, you know, the rest of them are out making a life and doing things. And they're doing well. And God is blessing them. And just you know, exciting things are are happening for them but i've told them all i've looked them in the face and i said you know i'm so proud of you. you're out on your own and you're doing it but look at me i'm your dad i'll always be your dad and if you you get a need that you can't handle call me and it doesn't mean that i'm gonna you know just pay for everything i may just have wisdom for them i may just say been there here's what i learned you know but my heart as a father is i I want to help. I want to help. And I'm an earthly father. I'm a flawed person. But think about your heavenly father. And if you need something which, which Scripture says is the least, which is money, don't you think that you could go to him and he would help you? Amen. But see, another temptation will come. No, I'm, I'm the answer. I'm the answer. I'm help, I'll help you. And no, it won't be your answer, and it won't help you. It, it will appear right only for a moment, but it will bring a mess to your life. And so this is what happens when these real needs, real pains, real things come, and we try to meet them in the wrong way with the wrong source. Well, we're in extra problem territory when we're depleted, when we're vulnerable. I want to show you a couple of acronyms that are used to describe uh, when we're kind of depleted. The first one is called HALT, HALT, and it breaks down in this way. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. First of all, when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, it is halt. Do not make any big decisions. You do hear me? Don't go to Vegas and get married. Okay. Don't, don't, don't make big decisions when you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Realize that those conditions in you, you are depleted, you are vulnerable, and you need to pay attention during those times and seek God on how to answer these things. Now, next one is called bad. Everybody say bad. And here's what bad is. It is bored, anxious, depressed. And again, if you're bored, anxious, or depressed, do not make important decisions. And then beyond that too, seek God for the remedy of these. Because I promise you, other cravings will show up. Here, I'll help you with your boredom. Here, I'll help you with being anxious. I'll help you with being depressed. It masquerades apart from God, and it's a dangerous thing. There's another one here, bad. And this is this. When you're broke, when you've got attitude, and when you're depressed. Desperate, excuse me, depressed. You already were depressed. Now you're desperate. And so, and again, in this, do not make decisions when you're like this, you know? Slow down on this. Address these with God. God needs to be your source in these things. Y'all with me? All right. Temptation when it comes to us that would lead to sin ultimately can be boiled down to three categories, okay? And if you read carefully the three temptations that Jesus faced and overcame in the synoptic gospels, you look at those um, they fall into these three categories, and they are these. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Now, what we want to do, I want to look in First John chapter 2, verse 16. Look with me in the um, New Living Translation. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, lust of the flesh, A craving for everything we see, lust of the eyes. And pride in our achievements and possessions, pride of life. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. Look at it in the message paraphrase here. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, lust of the flesh. Wanting everything for yourself, lust of the eyes. Wanting to appear important, pride of life. Has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from him. So when we're vulnerable, one of these three categories are going to come to us. So I want us to kind of understand how all this works because now we want to find out what, what to do about this. Y'all with me? Yeah. That wasn't good enough. Y'all with me this morning? Okay. I want to talk to you about the cycle of temptation. The cycle of temptation. Look with me in Luke chapter 4 verse 16, uh, 13 rather, in the Amplified Bible. And this is when Jesus' uh, temptation was being ended. For this time with Jesus. And when the devil had ended every, notice in brackets, the complete cycle of temptation, he, the devil, the tempter, temporarily left him, that is, stood off from him until another more opportune and favorable time. And so if the tempter tempted Jesus, and then once defeat came to the tempter in this case, what did he do? He withdrew, but he only stood off a while. How many of you have ever had neighborhood dogs or raccoons get, get after your trash? Okay, well I have, <laughs> and you know and I've gone out before, and it's you put the trash out, and you go out there at night. And, hey, get away from here! Hey, you throw stuff, you know, yell at them, and they run off, and you go back in, you turn off the light. Guess what? They're back. And they make their way back, you know. Well, guess what? When you overcome a temptation or temptation overcomes you, the enemy will slide away for a while. Now, remember this, mark this. Every time uh, temptation overcomes you, the enemy will still slide away for a while, but I tell you what will come. Shame will always come. Shame comes. And then you've got to know this, he'll be back. He'll be back. My Question for you is, what do we do in the meantime? What do we do in the meantime? Should we just uh, keep doing what we've always been doing? No, because it hasn't gone so far, uh, so good so far, you know? Uh, should I just rest for a while? Can I just sit idly by? Will I just strengthen automatically because I've been through this? No, there's some things that we're going to have to stay very alert and very, be very deliberate about. You need to stay alert. In 1911, there's a guy named Bobby Leach, here he is, and Bobby got in his mind that uh, he built this contraption, and he went over Niagara Falls. People said, was he okay? Um, My question is not about after, it's like before. Were you okay (laughs) when you were dreaming this thing up? So he and some guys built this and, you know, did whatever, I don't know what the insides look like, and he went over Niagara Falls, can you believe it? That's a pretty big thing. I can't think of anything more crazy to do, okay? And he lived. He broke both of his kneecaps and his jaw. And uh, he was in the hospital a little while, and then he was up and at him again. Looks like he's got a cane, you know, following this. And uh, you earned it, Bobby. Um, So he handled the biggie. And then months later, after he's out of the hospital, he's walking down the street. And he slips on an orange peel. And when he slipped on the orange peel, he broke his, fractured his leg pretty seriously. Medical science is not what, was not what it is today. He ended up not only with a break, but he got some infection in there. Infection led to gangrene setting in. He had to have his leg amputated. That did not contain the the infection. And he ultimately died. Now, he went over Niagara Falls, the biggie. We're prepared. We planned it. And he went over Niagara Falls and pretty much came out, you know, he lived. But then he got taken down by an orange peel. You know, and I think that's the nature of temptation sometimes. So we go through something, we think, I'm okay now, and we're just strolling along and not paying close enough attention. I'm not talking about being paranoid, but I'm talking about paying attention to what's going on so that we don't slip and fall and that take us out. Are you with me so far? So let me share three things with you. Last week I talked about how to avoid. Temptation, And one of the ways that we avoid is we run. But, you know, are we just going to run the rest of our life? Or is there a time where uh, we have trained and prepared ourselves and we're ready to stand against temptation? And so I want us to look at this today. And the first part of this is is this. Settle your source. Say it with me. Settle your source. The word settle has, has the idea of, you know, this is decided. Um... Anything contrary has been ruled out. This is the end of any dispute. This is determined who your source is. Now get this. Because what we saw earlier, temptation that leads to sin happens because we try to answer the problem, the need, with a source other than God. So financial need, physical need, emotional need, relational need, whatever it would be, the craving comes and, and those will still come. Temptation will still come. Will still masquerade. But if you know your source, everybody say source. If you know your source, you, this is just bottom line for us. And if you know, no, I'm not going to, I don't have to steal. I've got a heavenly father. Amen. No, I don't have to medicate myself. I've got the prince of peace. Amen. I, I don't know what to do, so I'll just steal, I'll cheat, I'll do whatever. Now, I don't, I don't have to do that because God will give me wisdom. God will show me. God's people will help me. Are you following me? So you've got to settle your source. Everybody say, God is my source. Say it again. God is my source. And we're even tempted to worry. We're tempted to do all kinds of things. And if you will just settle this, God is my source. God is my source for, for my physical health. For, to feed my family, to do this, to do this, to do this, to do this. God is my source. Say it again God is my source. And you've got to just get this settled. And I would say it out loud too. A bill show, shows up that you weren't expecting. God is our source. God is our source. Go ahead and say it again God is our source. He's your source for healing. He's your source for peace. He's your source for wisdom. He's your source for whatever you would need. And the need would be real and temptation would come and say, here's another source. Nope, I got it already settled. Got it already settled. God is my source. Say it again. God is my source. Let me just quote from some scripture in John 15, 5. It says, without him, we can do nothing. In Second Peter 1, it says that he gives us everything we need for life and godliness. In Matthew chapter 6, it says he takes care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. And we're worth more to him than flowers and birds. And he will take care of us. And he takes good care of flowers and birds. And he will take good care of us. And it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Settle your source. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he'll help you with the rest. And then Psalm 121, it says, I looked around. I looked to the hills. I'm looking for my help. My help comes from the Lord. You can look all around. There'll be a lot of things. I help you, I help you, I help you. Yeah, and, they, and what do you want? You know, but it's the Lord. The Lord is my help. My help comes from the Lord. He made heaven and he made earth. Amen? Amen. Secondly would be this. S- uh, settle your source and secondly live by the Spirit. Say it. Live by the Spirit. Watch this in Galatians 525. If we live in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, let us also Walk in the spirit. Now let's go further back in, the, in this chapter to verse 16. Paul says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the, the lust, the craving, the desire of the flesh. Y'all should say, thank you, pastor. Thank you, Lord. Listen, if you will walk in the spirit, if you walk and live in the spirit, you won't fulfill the craving of the That's trying to masquerade as your your answer. The New Living Translation says, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Here's what we do. We live in a relationship with the Spirit of God. Live in the sweet communion that Paul talked about with the Spirit. The intimate fellowship with the Spirit. And as you walk lockstep with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead me today. Guide me today. He will show you. And listen, you may not always know immediately what the answer is, but you will immediately know what the answer, what is not the answer. Right. Well, my relationship at home's not all that good, and so I might wander over here. If you're walking with the Spirit, the Spirit will say that. Don't go over there. That's right. That's right. Don't go over there. But we got problems at home. Well, we'll get that. We'll get that taken care of. But He'll keep you out of that trouble in the in the process. Amen. Y'all act like I'm talking about somebody else. Okay. And so walk in the spirit, stay lockstep with the spirit, respond to him as you go along, live in that relationship and friendship with the spirit. And I'm telling you what, he will lead you and he will guide you in this, in a process that you'll end up strong and not weakened. So stay filled with the spirit daily. Ask the Holy Spirit, fill me today. Go ahead and practice it. Say, fill me today. Ask the Holy Spirit every day, fill me fresh and anew every day. And then endeavor to walk with the Spirit and talk with the Spirit and listen to the Holy Spirit. Did you know that you can expect Him to lead you and guide you and warn you and remind you and teach you and strengthen you and help you? He knows everything. And yet He is with us. Where is our Father God right now? In heaven, seated on the throne. Where is the Lord Jesus right now? Seated at the right hand of of the Father. Well, who's with us? holy spirit and he is he has the promise of heaven that he's given to us he will never leave us he will never forsake us he was there at creation he was there at the resurrection of jesus and he's there on the inside of us walk in the spirit he will show you you don't have to cave into this he'll show you that's not your answer don't turn to that don't reach out for that i'll show you what just stay with me and so we're going to have to walk and live in the spirit somebody say amen on that this morning Settle your source, walk and live in the spirit, and here, grow. Everybody say grow. Grow. We'll spend just a moment on this. We have to, church, listen to me. We have to move past just sin management. Do you know what I mean? We're wrestling with the temptation. We might win. We might not win. Jesus, forgive me and my sins. And thank God he does. I said thank God he does. You know? And I'm going to do better next time. Um. We've got to get past sin management and get into spiritual formation. It involves a number of things. It involves the process of sanctification, it involves the practice of spiritual disciplines, Bible reading, church, prayer, so on and so forth. And so, what we have to do is realize that this is, we are to be set apart from some things, and we are to be set unto. Set apart unto some other things. Let me break it down a little bit further. There's some things, look at me. There's some things you need to stop. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, cut it out. Okay. Uh, that wasn't near aggressive enough. Turn to your other neighbor and tell them, like you mean, cut it out. Uh, okay. All right, do you know what I just had you do? I had you practice for the mirror. So you can look at, cut it. Out. Let your spirit man speak to all the other stuff going to cut it out. So here's what you've got to do. There are some things you need to stop, but in tandem, in combination with that, there's some things you need to start. And one, of, and one of area that you definitely need to make sure that you include in starting are what I'm going to call the things of God. The things of God. And the things of God would be, you're doing one of them right now. You go to church. Okay, I'm going somewhere with this. And you pray. Well, Pastor, I thought you were praying for us. I am. I'm praying that you will pray. Okay? And read your Bible. And fellowship with believers. And serve somebody. You know, and help in those ways. Put that all together. This happens to me so much over the years. This happened to me twice this week once in Publix, once in Walmart. Now, if it was you, just love me, okay? Because I, I loved on you there, and I invited you to church, okay? But here's, here's what will happen. I'll run into somebody. They run into me in a store, and this, this happens. And they'll say, well, I hadn't seen you in a while. And I'll go, well, I'm where I always am. And then they start to spill. I, had, I just hadn't been in church, and... I don't even know where my Bible's at. Now look at this. I got a tooth knocked out in a fight. <laughs> Seriously, somebody told me that recently. I haven't been praying. I'm a mess, Pastor. I'm depressed. I'm hanging out with the wrong folks. I'm doing the wrong things. All right, listen to me. Look at me. When you're separated from the life of God, when you're unplugged from the things of God, the life of God, there is a spiritual vortex, there is a vacuum that will pull you down and reduce you and reduce you and snag you and eventually ruin you and then pour shame on top of you when you're disconnected from the life of God. Are you hearing me? And so this is why you've got to grow. This is why you've got to get the things of God in your life. And, and more than ever, more than ever, the book of Revelation talks about that the enemy sees his day coming and he's filled with insane fury. And so he's already, already always wanted to just steal, kill, and destroy and now he's fired up about it. And so the people of God better be strong. And let me say it to you, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And you gotta know that. I've had a number of people ask me lately, I had a lady asked me recently, she goes, um, my husband's watching porn and stuff. What do I do? I told her a few things. And I said, you need to get him in a small group. She said, do y'all have a porn small group? <laughs> I go, um, no, we don't. Um, here's, here's the point. Listen to me. Here's the point. And I tell people this all the time. What you need to do, whatever your issue is, whatever your issue is, you need to get in fellowship and get around some healthy, growing people. No matter what your issue, no matter what the topic of a small group would be, and this is the power of a small group, whatever the topic would be. That you get in with some people, not perfect people, but some people that are healthy, people that are growing, people that are trying to go in the right direction. You get around that, I'm telling you, there's something that happens to help you to heal and to strengthen and to grow. And it's vital that you do it. It's vital that you do it. But when you're disconnected, listen, when you're disconnected, you're never separated from the love of God. But when you're disconnected from the things of God and the life of God, and you're not in church... I'm going to run into you in Walmart, pastor, uh, and tell your story. I don't want you to have a sad story. You're made to be an overcomer. You're made to be a victor and not a victim. You're made to win. Christ in you gives you the victory. And frankly, I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of you losing. The cheap little things that imitate an answer. When we have an answer, we have an answer. So here's what you do. The pain is real. The needs are real. Cravings will come. The enemy's going to masquerade. But here's what you do. You settle your source. You walk in the spirit. You get the things of God in your life. And here's what will happen. You're going to be able to heal the, heal the pain and meet the need through, watch this, through God the things of God, and the people of God. And I'll tell you what will happen. Life and strength will come. And it will replace the need and the pain. And grace and comfort and strength come to you. And then listen. And the next time the tempter shows up, you're way better equipped than you were the last time. And you keep growing in that, and he's going to take you from victory. To victory. We're not done with this, but i got to stop right there. Do y'all get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.